Section four of the Freedman's Book by Lydia Maria Child. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Benjamin Banneker by L. Maria Child. This remarkable man was born near the village of Ellicott Mills, Baltimore County, Maryland, in seventeen thirty two. That was one hundred and thirty three years ago, when there were very few schools and very few books in this country and it was not as easy as it now is for even white people to obtain a tolerably good education. His parents were both black, and though they were free, they were too poor to do much for their bright boy. They sent him to a school in the neighborhood, where he learned reading and writing and a little of arithmetic. His father was a slave at the time of his marriage, but his wife was a free woman, and she was so energetic and industrious that she soon earned money enough to buy his freedom. Then they worked together, and earned enough to buy a few acres of land and build a small cabin. Benjamin was obliged to labor diligently when he was at home from school, but every spare moment he could catch he was ciphering and planning how to make things. As his parents grew old, he had to work early and late to support himself and help them. His mother always continued active enough to do the indoor work. When she was seventy years old, if she wanted to catch a chicken, she would run it down without appearing to be tired. The place was thinly peopled, and the few neighbors they had took no particular notice of Benjamin, though he had the name of being a bright, industrious lad. His hands worked hard, but his brain was always busy. He was particularly fond of arithmetic and was always working out sums in his head. He took notice of everything around him, observed how everything was made, and never forgot one word of what he had learned at school. In this way he came to have more knowledge than most of his white neighbors, and they began to say to one another, "'That black Ben is a smart fellow. He can make anything he sets out to. And how much he knows! I wonder where he picked it all up.' At thirty years old he made a clock, which proved an excellent timepiece. He had never seen a clock, for nobody in that region had such an article. But he had seen a watch, and it occupied his thoughts very much. It seemed to him such a curious little machine that he was very desirous to make something like it. The watch was made of gold and silver and steel, but Benjamin Banneker had only wood for material and the rudest kind of tools to work with. It was a long while before he could make the hand that marked the hours, and the hand that marked the minutes, and the hand that marked the seconds, correspond exactly in their motions, but by perseverance he succeeded at last. He was then about thirty years old. This was the first clock ever made in this country. It kept time exactly and people began to talk about it as a wonderful thing for a man to do without instruction. After a while the Ellicott family, who owned the mills, heard of it and went to see it. Mr. Elias Ellicott, a merchant in Baltimore, became very much interested in the self-taught machinist. He lent him a number of books, among which were some on astronomy, a science which treats of the sun, moon, and stars. Banneker was so interested in this new knowledge that he could think of nothing else. 
he sat up all night to watch the planets and to make calculations about their motions mr ellicott went to see him to explain to him how to use some of the tables for calculations contained in the books he had lent him but he found to his great surprise that the earnest student had studied them all out himself and had no need of help it was not long before he could calculate when the sun or the moon would be eclipsed and at what time every star would rise and set he was never known to make a mistake in any of his astronomical calculations and he became so exact that he pointed out two mistakes made by celebrated astronomers in europe in order to pursue his favorite studies without interruption he sold the land which his parents had left him and bought an annuity with the money on which he lived in the little cabin where he was born he was so temperate and frugal that he needed very little to support him and when it was necessary to have more than his annuity he could always earn something by going out to work but as he was no longer seen in the fields late and early his ignorant white neighbors began to talk against him they peeped into his cabin and saw him asleep in the daytime they did not know that he had been awake all night watching the stars and ciphering out his calculations in fact they did not know that the planets moved at all and if he had told them that he could calculate their movements exactly they would only have laughed at him i suppose they felt some ill will towards him because he was black and yet knew so much more than they did and perhaps it excited their envy that the ellicott family and other educated gentlemen liked to go to his cabin and talk with him about his studies and observations but banneker was wise enough not to enter into any quarrels because they called him a lazy good-for-nothing fellow he endeavored to live in such a way that they could not help respecting him he was always kind and generous ready to oblige everybody and not at all inclined to boast of his superiority when he was fifty-nine years old he made an almanac it is a very difficult job to calculate all about the changes of the moon and the rising and ebbing of the tides and at what time the sun will rise and set every day all the year round and it was a much more difficult task then than it is now because now there is a great improvement in astronomical books and instruments but notwithstanding banneker's limited means and scanty education he made an excellent almanac it was published by goddard and angel of baltimore in a preface they say we feel gratified to have an opportunity of presenting to the public through our press what must be considered an extraordinary effort of genius a complete and accurate ephemeris for the year seventeen ninety two calculated by a sable son of africa it has met the approbation of several of the most distinguished astronomers of america and we hope a philanthropic public will give their support to the work not only on account of its intrinsic merit but from a desire to controvert the long-established illiberal prejudice against the blacks this was the first almanac ever made in this country it contained much useful information of a general nature and interesting selections in prose and verse before it was printed banneker sent a manuscript copy in his own handwriting to thomas jefferson then secretary of state and afterward president of the united states 
after apologizing for the liberty he took in addressing a person whose station was so far above his own he says those of my complexion have long been considered rather brutish than human scarcely capable of mental endowments but in consequence of the reports that have reached me i hope i may safely admit that you are measurably friendly and well disposed towards us i trust that you agree with me in thinking that one universal father hath given being to us all that he has not only made us all of one flesh but has also without partiality afforded us all the same sensations and endowed us all with the same faculties and that however various we may be in society or religion however diversified in situation or color we are all of the same family and all stand in the same relation to him now sir if this is founded in truth i apprehend you will readily embrace every opportunity to eradicate the absurd and false ideas and opinions which so generally prevail with respect to us suffer me sir to recall to your mind that when the tyranny of the british crown was exerted to reduce you to servitude your abhorrence thereof was so excited that you publicly held forth this true and invaluable doctrine worthy to be recorded and remembered in all succeeding ages we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are life liberty and the pursuit of happiness your tender feelings for yourselves engaged you thus to declare you were then impressed with proper ideas of the great value of liberty and the free possession of those blessings to which you were entitled by nature but sir how pitiable is it to reflect that although you were so fully convinced of the benevolence of the father of mankind and of his equal and impartial distribution of those rights and privileges which he had conferred upon them that you should at the same time counteract his mercies in detaining by fraud and violence so numerous a part of my brethren under groaning captivity and cruel oppression that you should at the same time be found guilty of that most criminal act which you detested in others with respect to yourselves sir i freely and most cheerfully acknowledge that i am of the african race and in that color which is natural to them i am of the deepest dye but with a sense of most profound gratitude to the supreme ruler of the universe I confess that I am not under that state of tyrannical thraldom and inhuman captivity to which so many of my brethren are doomed. I have abundantly tasted of those blessings which proceed from that free and unequaled liberty with which you are favored. Sir, I suppose your knowledge of the situation of my brethren is too extensive for it to need a recital here neither shall I presume to prescribe methods by which they may be relieved, otherwise than by recommending to you and others to wean yourselves from those narrow prejudices you have imbibed with respect to them, and to do as Job proposed to his friends. Put your souls in their soul's stead. 
thus shall your hearts be enlarged with kindness and benevolence toward them and you will need neither the direction of myself nor others in what manner to proceed i took up my pen to direct to you as a present a copy of an almanac i have calculated for the succeeding year i ardently hope that your candor and generosity will plead with you in my behalf sympathy and affection for my brethren has caused my enlargement thus far it was not originally my design the almanac is the production of my arduous study i have long had unbounded desires to become acquainted with the secrets of nature and i have had to gratify my curiosity herein through my own assiduous application to astronomical study in which i need not recount to you the many difficulties and disadvantages i have had to encounter i conclude by subscribing myself with most profound respect your most humble servant b banneger to this letter jefferson made the following reply sir i thank you sincerely for your letter and for the almanac it contained nobody wishes more than i do to see such proofs as you exhibit that nature has given to our black brethren talents equal to those of the other colors of men and that the appearance of a want of them is owing only to the degraded condition of their existence both in africa and america i can add with truth that no one wishes more ardently to see a good system commenced for raising the condition both of their body and mind to what it ought to be as fast as the imbecility of their present existence and other circumstances which cannot be neglected will admit i have taken the liberty of sending your almanac to monsieur condorcet secretary of the academy of sciences at paris and to members of the philanthropic society because i considered it a document to which your whole color had a right for their justification against the doubts which have been entertained of them i am with great esteem sir your most obedient servant thomas jefferson in eighteen o three mr jefferson invited the astronomer to visit him at monticello but the increasing infirmities of age made it imprudent to undertake the journey his almanac sold well for ten years and the income added to his annuity gave him a very comfortable support and what was still a greater satisfaction to him was the consciousness of doing something to help the cause of his oppressed people by proving to the world that nature had endowed them with good capacities after eighteen o two he found himself too old to calculate any more almanacs but as long as he lived he continued to be deeply interested in his various studies he was well informed on many other subjects besides arithmetic and astronomy he was a great reader of history and he kept a journal which showed that he was a close observer of the vegetable world of the habits of insects and of the operations of nature in general that his busy mind drew inferences from what he observed is evident from the following entry in his journal standing at my door to-day i heard the discharge of a gun and in four or five seconds of time the small shots came rattling about me which plainly demonstrates that the velocity of sound is greater than that of a common bullet 
after the constitution of the united states was adopted in seventeen eighty nine commissioners were appointed to determine the boundaries of the district of columbia they invited banneker to be present and assist them in running the lines and he was treated by them with as much respect as if he had been of their own color his almanacs were much praised by scientific men and they often visited him in his humble little cabin but these attentions never made him pert and vain he rejoiced in his abilities and acquisitions because he thought they might help to raise the condition of his oppressed brethren but he always remained modest and unobtrusive in his manners he died in eighteen o four in the seventy-second year of his age his friend mr benjamin h ellicott collected various facts concerning him which have been published in a letter on this subject mr ellicott says during the whole of his long life he lived respectably and was much esteemed by all who became acquainted with him more especially by those who could fully appreciate his genius and the extent of his acquirements his mode of life was extremely regular and retired having never married he lived alone cooking his own victuals and washing his own clothes he was scarcely ever absent from home yet there was nothing misanthropic in his character a gentleman who knew him speaks of him thus i recollect him well he was a brave-looking pleasant man with something very noble in his appearance his mind was evidently much engrossed in his calculations but he was glad to receive the visits we often paid him another writes when i was a boy i became very much interested in him his manners were those of a perfect gentleman he was kind generous hospitable humane dignified and pleasing he abounded in information on all the various subjects and incidents of the day was very modest and unassuming and delighted in society at his own house go there when you would by day or night there was constantly in the middle of the floor a large table covered with books and papers as he was an eminent mathematician he was constantly in correspondence with other mathematicians in this country with whom there was an interchange of questions of difficult solution his head was covered with thick white hair which gave him a venerable appearance his dress was uniformly of superfine drab broadcloth made in the old style of a plain coat with straight collar a long waistcoat and a broad-brimmed hat his color was not jet black but decidedly negro in size and personal appearance he bore a strong resemblance to the statue of benjamin franklin at the library in philadelphia the good which banneker did to the cause of his colored brethren did not cease with his life when the abbe gregoire pleaded for emancipation in france and when wilberforce afterward labored for the same cause in england the abilities and character of the black astronomer were brought forward as an argument against the enslavement of his race and from that day to this the friends of freedom have quoted him everywhere as a proof of the mental capacity of africans they found them slaves but who that title gave the god of nature never formed a slave though fraud or force acquire a master's name nature and justice must remain the same nature imprints upon whate'er we see 
that has a heart and life in it, be free. Cowper End of Benjamin Banneker Recording by Rhonda Fetterman